Welcome every single person listening to this radio show. Can I call it a radio show? No, I don't think so. No, it's a podcast. Yeah, because I think radio is live. Oh, is that the difference? I don't know. I should know. Yeah, you worked in a radio station. I did. All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Persuasion School podcast. Definitely your favorite podcast. I know that for sure. And my name's Jake Savage, if this is your first time here. So a little bit about me for uh, any newcomers here today on the Persuasion School podcast. I am a sales leader by trade. I love sales more than most people. A lot of people think it's ridiculous how much I love sales, and uh, I like talking about it. So that's what we do here. I got started in sales about 14 years ago. It happened across a job as a door-to-door sales rep while I was in high school. Fell in love with it. Knocked on doors throughout high school, college, a little bit after college. Altogether, I added it up one time, knocked on about 100,000 doors. So got lucky falling into door-to-door sales in high school. That was a perfect runway for me to really work on just uh, mastering this craft of persuasive communication. Had the opportunity to learn how to build rapport quickly, like a matter of seconds with people on their front door, and identify people's wants, goals, and needs, and how to frame what I'm offering in a way that meets those needs. Best part was that when I screwed up, just walk 50 feet down the uh, down the sidewalk to the next house and try again. So plenty of opportunities to learn. From there, transitioned into a startup called Basemakers. We're an outsourced sales team for emerging food and beverage brands. So Basemakers has sales reps around the nation helping amazing brands grow and develop. My role there has been to build and train a team of elite salespeople for the last six years. Fun fact, I <clears throat> started there. When uh, the company was founded, and there were a handful of us that kind of came together as this original team, and we've hit the Inc. 500 list of fastest growing companies in America twice. Wow. Pretty cool. Congrats. Thank you. I appreciate that. That voice that you hear is my wife, Alexa. Welcome, Alexa. Hello, listener. Yes. Alexa, what do you do? I'm a mental health therapist, and I work primarily with individuals that have experienced some sort of trauma. So you're not in sales? I'm not in sales. Oh. No. Is that what you wanted me to say? What? The short answer? No, no. I love sales. the long answer. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so Alexa joined us on the last episode, and it was a ton of fun. thought it would be great to have a third-party perspective, somebody who's not in sales that can just... Shed some insight, maybe ask some questions. Yeah. Operate as a sounding board. Yeah. We had fun. We had a lot of fun. It was fun for us. Yeah. It it was fun for us. So thought we would try it again with tonight's episode, and we'll see how it goes. The premise of the Persuasion School podcast is that we focus on one method or principle at a time on each episode. So the idea is that something, uh, whatever we go through that day, is easily digestible and actionable so as soon as you wrap up the show you should be able to put it to use in your everyday life so i've got a sales background but i'm very passionate about nonprofit 
fundraising. So I make a lot of correlations between sales methods and fundraising. I mean, any type of persuasive persuasive uh, communication. So whether you're sales, you're in fundraising, you're campaigning, you're trying to get your partner or kids to listen to you, you're trying to land the job, the raise, the promotion, ask somebody out on a date, whatever. This is the place to come and learn how to be more persuasive. Wow. Yeah. Have you done a date one? No, you think we should though? I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Actually... This episode might be good for that. Oh. Yeah. Not the way you asked me, though. What? Not the way you asked me. What, originally? Yeah. No, I did, actually. It wasn't clear. <clears throat> I'll make it clear. I'll tie it in, people. Okay. Just so everyone can keep following along here. All right, so today's topic is an acronym. It's an old, old-timey acronym. WEFM, like a radio station, but not like this show, because this is not a radio show, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. The acronym is WIIFM, W-I-I-F-M, and that stands for What's In It For Me. What's in it for me? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your audience that you're trying to persuade. <clears throat> Wish I could say I came up with this acronym, but I stole it straight from the man himself, Zig Ziglar. If you don't know Zig Ziglar... You are missing out, and I think that there's a part of your... There, you have a void, a missing piece of you're your life. You're a defect. Yeah, yeah, you're defective. <laughs> you need to listen to Zig Ziglar. Is his real name? Was his real name Zig? No, I think his name? real name is actually Lauren. But his last name was Ziglar. Ziglar, Lauren. Yeah. Lauren. Okay. So he goes by Zig. Makes sense. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, look him up. Not going to go into it. So, Zig Ziglar has this uh, acronym, WEFM, what's in it for me. So, this is what our audience is thinking. So, whenever we're trying to persuade somebody, sell fundraise, sell our ideas, we need to realize that our audience is thinking, hey, this sounds great, but what's in it for me? And there's another good quote from another sales author, a guy named Jeb Blunt, and he's, he said before something that I really like. He says, people don't buy for your reasons, they buy for theirs. So people have their own reasons for moving forward for something. So you may have you know, a great reason as to why you think your product is the best or why somebody, somebody should donate to your nonprofit or you know, whatever the case may be, but that might not even matter. They might have an internal reason, you know, an internal problem. And if you can identify what that is and align your offering in a way that meets that, you're going to be more successful. So quick story here for you. On that illustrates this what's in it for me principle. All right, so to set the scene, at Basemakers, this food and beverage sales company that I work with, we we're not selling products. We represent brands that are already on the shelf at grocery stores nationwide. We're using persuasion methods to improve the placement of those products within the store. So through building relationships with store managers, on an individual store level, like the Steve's or the Stacy's that run the whole, this particular Whole Foods or that Kroger, that Safeway, etc. If we can befriend them and persuade them to put our product at eye level or maybe bring in a big display in the front of the store, that's a win for us. So that's our job in a nutshell. And so I'm up in Philadelphia last year and I'm interviewing different candidates to fill an opening that we had at the company. I wrap up the interviews, have some time before I jump on the train to come back home. And there's a Whole Foods across the street. 
So I think to myself, you know, my whole job is training everybody at this company how to, to sell, essentially, and be persuasive. Let me pop into this Whole Foods and make sure I've still got it, you know, try to stay limber, whatever. And so I go in and I grab this protein drink that we were working with in the store. And I approach the store manager. And my, my goal during this uh, encounter is to get this manager to let me move that protein drink from the back shelf where it's collecting dust into the cooler. So in our industry, the uh, the phrase is, if it's cold, it's sold. Mm-hmm. Right, so my goal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't I'll want a warm that. drink. No, no heck no, that's right. So my goal is to get this protein drink that's in the back of the store on the shelf into the cooler where most people are going to actually buy it. So I, I have the drink in my hand, I approach her, I give her my best pitch, try everything. I'm feeling pretty confident, like I'm easily going to land this. She shuts me down big time. Rejection. I got rejected. And not to mention, she looked like she loved it. Loved shutting me down. I could tell she was getting a kick out of rejecting me. So I'm defeated, put the product back on the shelf, jump on the train and come home. Fast forward now a few months we have interviewed more people and hired an amazing guy named Zach. So I go back up to Philly to train Zach. And for part of this training, I have to return to this exact Whole Foods and walk him through how we do our job. So we get to the, the point in the training where I have, to, I have to have Zach shadow me while I approach the store manager and try to make some sort of sale, essentially, or at least improve the placement of the product. So Zach has no idea because he's brand new, but I'm thinking to myself like, all right, she shut me down big time. I'm supposed to be the trainer, you know, the, the guy that's going to get this win in front of Zach. And I know she's going to uh, just reject me right in front of him, but whatever, you know, I'll make the best of it. I'm essentially just going to pretend like I've, you know, this is my first time here. So I can show Zach how it's done. So I grab a different product this time. Instead of the, the protein drink, I grab this tea that we were working with called Hop Tea. And this is a tea. This is not a plug. It's important for the story. Uh, this Hop Tea is a craft tea in a can that's made with beer hops. And it tastes like a craft IPA. So a lot of people that are beer lovers like this tea and people that like IPAs. And, but it's also catching on with the uh, the people group that's quitting drinking or you know, no longer drinks alcohol or maybe never was into alcohol or whatever. So I grab this can of hop tea. I grab Zach and we walk towards the store manager inside of this Whole Foods in downtown Philadelphia. And I'm walking towards her and she sees me and I can tell she recognizes me. And I still have to go up to her and give my pitch to put this product into the cooler. So I do, and I ask her, hey, how's this product doing in your store? And she said, I don't know. I've never seen that before. I said, oh, do you know what it is? She said, no. And so I explained to her, you know, all the benefits behind it, everything I just said, right? Like people that have just recently quit drinking are digging this because now they can grab their case of hop tea and bring it to a party or, you know, have this after work and feel like they're having their beer. Her eyes light up while I'm explaining this product to her. And she goes, my husband just quit drinking three months ago. And yeah, and he's been looking for a product exactly like this. 
And so I knew immediately that was my end. I was not going to leave that store without getting this thing into the cooler. But it was just amazing that, you know, just watched her eyes light up. And instantly there was this connection between her and the brand, a personal connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, you didn't even know that this product was in your store <laughs> and you're the manager. And I'm sure there are plenty of other people that don't know it exists yet either. So what do you think about us maybe temporarily trying this into the cooler that way you can also bring your husband home a cold sample but we can test it out temporarily and see if it gets a little bit more visibility and then people like your husband can enjoy the same thing you know the people that have quit drinking and she said absolutely throw all four flavors in the cooler immediately whoa yeah so um you know, whole point was this woman had shut me down and said, absolutely not. I'm not changing anything in my cooler. It's set the way I like it. I'm not putting any other brands in there. I don't ever do that to all of a sudden saying 100% put that in the cooler. The point was, it, it was the whole WeFM thing. What's in it for me? Beforehand with the protein drink, there was essentially nothing in it for her. Now, I had my reasons for pitching it. You know, the price point, the great benefits of this particular protein drink, the brand, the story behind it. Other stores are doing it. You know, everybody's doing it. You should do it. All this, I had my reasons, but none of them were good enough for her. Hmm. She had her own reasons. And sure enough, her own reasons were uh, in line with this hop tea brand. And it all of a sudden was clear for her to say, yes, go ahead. So the, the whole point here is... When we hear no from people, a lot of times we think that it's absolute. We think that's the end of the road, right? But a lot of times we need to be thinking, we need to realize that our audience is thinking, what's in this for me? If we have not answered that question for them and made it crystal clear what's in it for them, they're not going to move forward. Whether you're in sales, you're fundraising, you're campaigning, or you're trying to sell your idea to a friend or family member, if it's not crystal clear to them what's in it for them, they're not going to move forward. Yeah. Because so, yeah. I feel like as a consumer, I'm constantly thinking, what's in this for me? Even when I like go to Target, like what's in it for me if I buy this plush heated blanket? You know? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that's something we're constantly thinking. Anyway. So I feel like as a salesperson, if you come in knowing that... It almost, you're cut into the chase in a sense. Yeah, but I think it requires a little bit of homework in the beginning. And that was going to be my sort of wrap-up piece to this episode. Well, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Is people need to know what's in it for them to say yes. And I think a great example would be like if you're asking for a promotion or uh, maybe even a raise. A lot of people, or, or asking somebody out on a date, a lot of people are going to come prepared with all of the reasons why they deserve that raise or that promotion. I've done all these things in the last you know, three years at this company. I deserve this. Or same thing for the raise. Like whatever it is, right? You're, you're uh, focused yeah. on that aspect. When what you should do is just get out some pen and paper or even notes on your phone and jot down all the reasons why them saying yes to you can be good for them. You're going to be far more successful when you do. Does okay. that make sense? Um, kind of. So like if I want a raise, so I'm, I'm jotting down why I think giving me a raise is valuable. Good for your boss. Good for my boss. Yeah. What does your boss get out of it? Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. What would he get out of it? 
Or they. What would they get out of it? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she in this in this case. Your boss is a she. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, employee satisfaction, keeping you around a little bit longer. Um, also, you want to, this is a whole other topic that we could go into for a separate episode. But you want to position your audience as the hero of the story. So if you can craft a story or a narrative that positions your boss as the hero when she gives you the raise, she's going to feel good about herself doing it. People love feeling good about themselves. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, so WeFM, what's in it for me? So next time you have to persuade somebody to do something, don't focus on like your own reasons for why you think it makes sense. Take some time to list out all the reasons why it is in that person's interest to say yes to you. Pretty simple, but I think it's a, uh, something that a lot of people forget. Even you know, veteran salespeople forget about that because you kind of get into a rhythm sometimes, you know, like pitch, pitching your product, whatever it is. Right. Okay. So just real quick, if I'm asking for a raise, how do I? Can you kind of draw out like what's a correct? Like if I'm going into my boss's office and I'm asking her for a raise, how do I phrase it in a way that doesn't sound odd? Because to me, that's like odd language. You know, if I'm like, it'd be better for you. If you gave me a raise, because, like, how, how would someone, how would a common person phrase this? What's a good template? Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a principle that uh, I try to stick to that I really love, and it's by a French mathematician and philosopher named Blaise Pascal, who lived back in the day. I don't know exactly when. But Blaise Pascal has this quote saying that people are more often persuaded by reasons they discover themselves than by reasons given to them from others. So instead of telling your boss, hey, here's why I think it's good for you to give me a raise, you wanna ask more questions to lead your boss to realize on her own that it's good for her to give you the raise. But now I'm even more confused. Can you like lay it out for me? Like I understand, but how would I? So I approach her in her office and I say, what do I say? <laughs> well, I think first off, I would not set a meeting and say I want to discuss my pay or anything like that. Because your boss is going to already prepare herself for all the, the ways that she can say no and all the reasons why, you know, yada, 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 whatever. So I would just bring this up kind of over chit chat or like water cooler talk almost. Or if you do have like kind of a catch up time with her. And then I would start by asking her some questions. Hey, what's your favorite thing about this company and your role here? What are some of your biggest challenges here? And then when she uh, iterates to you what some of her biggest challenges are, you need to start picking up on that. Because we don't know what's in it for her right now. That's the thing. is We, we didn't know that that woman at Whole Foods that her husband had just quit drinking. You know, that, that would require more question asking. Right, which I should have done. So you need to ask the question and say, what are some of your biggest challenges right now, like here at this company, you know, within your, your role personally? Just curious. And then just listen to what she says and start to kind of pick up on those breadcrumbs and then see if you can put the pieces together internally with how her giving you a raise could help solve some of those problems. You know, because maybe if she says something like, Oh, employee retention is really tough, keeping therapists here, you know, because it's such a tough job. And it's traumatic that a lot of therapists need therapy and they don't stick around that long or whatever it is. And then you can start to kind of, 
navigate your way through that conversation talking about how you would like to stay there longer and you have an interest in being there for years okay but in order for that to happen you have things that you have to take care of you know in terms of your own personal expenses and so you can start to solve her problem but you have to ask the questions first does that make more sense yeah it's it sounds like it's just being a human asking genuine questions you're getting you're wanting to get to know someone else but you're using it in a persuasive manner i love exactly what you just said because i think that's one of the biggest problem problems <laughs> That people have, whether you are in sales or fundraising, or if you're trying to convince somebody of something, you forget to ask the questions and to be a human. You're so, most most people are so focused on getting all of their, you know, affairs in order to make this beautiful pitch and presentation that they they storm in there and never even ask any questions to try to identify how it's going to be good for that other individual. Which I understand. I can imagine it's pretty nerve-wracking to, you know, go in and pitch something and then hope that this flawless outcome happens or whatever. So, yeah, I get it, but I think it is. It's like, yeah, it's paying attention to the questions that you're asking and being intentional with those questions, mm. getting to know the person. So... There we have it in closing. Being intentional with your listening. Being intent. Let's start with the first one. That's a good second one. Being intentional with your questions and then being intentional listening to the answers. Yes. Yes. Which is hard. I think. It is hard. When you have other things on your mind. It is hard. Yeah. It's a tough skill to master. And a lot of people don't ever do that. You're just waiting for someone to finish speaking so that you can make your next point. Yeah, you're literally thinking about what you're going to say next. You're not even listening. Right. (sighs) Mind blown. Wow. Jinx. We did that intentionally. (laughs) Um, We didn't, actually. Yeah, it was actually not intentional. Yeah. But, all right, we FM would encourage you to give this a shot. Next time you're up to persuade somebody, list out all the reasons why it would be good for them, and then list out a handful of potential questions that you can ask so that you can help that individual realize on their own how giving you what you want will benefit them. That's it, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any more questions about persuasive communication, sales or fundraising, feel free to reach out to me directly, jake at jakesavage.co. If you want to send me an email, I'm more active on Instagram, so you can send me a DM it's at it's Jake Savage. Follow me on there. And most importantly, most importantly, absolutely, positively, without a doubt, do not tell anybody about this podcast. Why do you say that? It's a secret. I want it to be a secret club. Exclusive. Oh, exclusive. Yeah. Actually, I want no listeners. We just do this every <laughs> night for the rest of our lives. That's right. All right, wraps it up. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Thank you. Adios. Adios.